Thank you for joining us here at Fellowship Church for today's message. Our desire is to encourage others to love God, love people, and impact the world. And we would love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So take a moment and visit us online at fellowshipws.org. Find the Share Your Story button and tell us what God is doing in your life. While you're there, you'll also find useful information about our church and other other resources that will bring you closer to Christ. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. Mark the fourth chapter. If I can share a moment of transparency, this has been a difficult week for me. Be honest with you. Contrary to popular belief, pastors are not superhuman. <laughs> Contrary to proper belief, we are not superheroes. We do not have capes there. If I, if I open up my shirt, I'm not like Cam Newton. There is not an S on my chest. I don't look like it with all these muscles, right? <laughs> and this, God took me to this text because I literally almost lived this text this week. We've been pressing. God has been doing some awesome things around fellowship. Amen. Amen. But how many of you know that the spirit is always willing? But the flesh can get weak sometimes. Am I telling the truth? Amen. And this is such a text here where Jesus was led into the wilderness. The word of God said he was led for the purpose of being tempted. Can you imagine that God led you somewhere to be tested, to be tempted? Now, you have to understand that this was right after Jesus had been baptized by his cousin, John the Baptist, where, where Jesus went into the water and God let, let the world stand still and say, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And the Holy Spirit descended on him as of a dove. Well, nature and everything stood still in announcement that Jesus is the man. Now, you would think this was, this was a crowning moment if God did such a thing like this, man, we'd be high-fiving people and we'd be glowing and we'd be floating on cloud nine. That God, you made an announcement, but do you realize us being Christians following the announcement of Jesus Christ, following his example, that most of the time when God puts a greater anointing in us, it means that we're about to go through a period of testing. So as much as you say, oh, Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you're about to use me like none other. Do you not know that before a thing can be used to its fullest extent, it first has to be tested to make sure that you can handle the load? Because the word of God says that he will put no more on you than you can bear. And a lot of times we like to say that there's a reason for us to be lazy and for us. Uh, and Lord, I know you're going to get me out of this soon, out of this soon enough because you won't put more on me than we can bear. But could it be possible that God's trying to get us strengthened so that the more you can handle, the more I can pour on you? Because we say it with our mouths that God, I want you to use me. But you do know that the most, the, the dirtiest, the most beat up tool back in the shed is the one that's been used the most. So we have to be careful, people of God. When we see all, when we say all these churchisms, God use me, God get the glory out of me. You have to understand what you're asking. I liken it unto an olive. 
The purest oil is the, oil, is the, is the one that the olive has been pressed the most. So if you want to be used to the utmost, tell somebody, get ready for testing. Matthew, the fourth chapter, the first verse, it says this. Then Jesus was led up by, by, by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Not to be tempted by uh, the people on your job. Not to be tempted by the people on the corner. Not to be tempted with your old homeboys and your old girls you used to go to, used, used to, go to the club with. But he led him into the wilderness for the purpose of being tempted by the devil. Can you imagine God stepping back his head to protect and say, okay, devil, throw your best shot at him. Christians, followers of Jesus Christ. And it says, and after 40 days and nights, he was hungry. Somebody say hungry. You see, Jesus was all God and he was all man at the same time. The duality of Jesus Christ. Yes, he was all God, but he was also all man. And Jesus was hungry. And it says in three, and the tempter came and said to him, if you are the son of God, command that these stones be turned into loaves of bread. Somebody say, but, but he answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And in five, it says, and then the devil took him up to the holy city. And set him up on a pinnacle, the highest point of the temple. And he said, if you are the son of God, y'all see the trend here? Throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command angels concerning you. And on their hands, they will bear you up, lest you strike the foot against a stone. And Jesus said to him, again, it is written. You shall not put the Lord God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very... You see how the devil don't give up? The devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, All these I will give you if... Somebody say if. You will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan. <laughs> For it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Look, y'all, then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering to him, meaning Jesus. You may say, well, Pastor Tony, what does that have to do with you? I was tired in my body. I, I had to be on bed rest pretty much all week this week. I dropped the kids off and I just got in bed. And a lot of times when you're spending a lot of time like that and you can't sleep, you can only sleep so much. But sometimes you just got to sit down and rest. Tell somebody, just sit down sometime. <laughs> but the devil came to me and said, look, look at you. Trying all you can. And as much as God has allowed us to accomplish as much as we've done over the last couple of months he didn't show me that he showed me everything but I, did, I didn't get done he, gonna show, he showed me look you thought you'd be here by now but look at where you're at you thought the people would be here not 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 you know here's the thing the devil is the accuser of the brother we have to understand his nature 
And for the moment, I said, look, I, I, and for the moment, I almost got down on myself and said, look, out of all you trying, here you are weak, you sick. Let me tell you, sir, I could not even get up and walk a, 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 walk a, a good number of, of, of hours in a day until Friday. Nothing wrong, no sniffles, no flu. Body just said, that's enough, homes. You got to sit down. And at my weakest point, the devil came to tempt me. The same way he did Jesus. See, y'all got to understand, the devil is a liar and he's a father of lies. But sometimes he comes to you with some truth. Are telling you everything that you're not. And so you have to understand, it wasn't the fact that Jesus was tempted to sin as we sin. So you have to understand, he, he was born, he was born of God and a woman who was pure. And so he did he was not born with a sinful nature like we are born with a sinful nature. What the devil was tempting Jesus with was about his identity to believe that he was the Son of God. You have to understand, he asked him two times. If you are the son of God, command these stones to be turned to bread. If you are the son of God, cast yourself off the top of this mountain. He said, if you would simply bow, if, if, if. See, the devil doesn't come with a pitchfork all the time and say, guess what, y'all? I'm the devil. See my horns? See, he will come with a cunning question. You ever known people, you ever known people who are passive aggressive and they try to wrap statements up in questions? Huh? They ain't man or woman enough to say what they want to say, but they're going to wrap it up in a question. And see, that's what the devil said. He said, if you are the son of God. No, that, see, he tried, he tried to sow it in Jesus' mind that, 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 that there, is some, there is some question that he is not authentic. And that's what the devil comes to us. In our points of weakness, the devil will come to us to try to dilute the, authentic, uh, the authenticity that we are his children, we are blessed, we are anointed by God, and we are on the right path. Now, if I were to believe what the devil was saying, I would have let doubt creep up in my heart because I overextended myself. I exposed my body to be weak, but the devil tried to turn it around in a moment for me to accuse God in telling me everything that I'm not. He said, if you were truly following God, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be here in this bed weak. I'm talking about what he told me, y'all. Every pastor ain't going to tell you the conversation they have with the devil. He said, if you were truly following, if you were truly following God, then more things would be flourishing and doing this. And, and, and God had to settle myself. Y'all ever seen the little cartoon where you got the angel on one shoulder and the devil on the other? And guess what, y'all? And, and, and as much as I tell y'all, whenever you, whenever you hear the devil talking, whenever you hear the devil talking, that, that you, should just, you should just tell him, get behind me. You know, sometimes it's good to listen to him. You know why? Because when you listen to him, you hear his strategy. I'm not listening to believe him. I'm listening to see what's on his mind. Now, I can't tell everybody to do that because maybe you ain't strong enough to do it. But I'm telling you, when you get to the point, sometimes it's good just to listen to what the devil's got to say. Knowing that all I have to do is reverse what he's saying. 
You have to understand that we have to know the wiles and the tactics of our adversary. Tell somebody he's our adversary. He is our adversary, meaning that everything he does, says, and plans is against God. And if you represent God, guess what? He's against you. And so you have to say, look, you wouldn't be coming after me if I wasn't on the edge. If I wasn't at the threshold. If I wasn't at the precipice. God, of a breakthrough that I have never seen. You got to understand, see, the devil does not attack people who are not a threat to him. He came to Jesus because he knew that soon as Jesus came from this wilderness, this, this wilderness experience of temptation, the word of God says from that moment when the angels finished ministering to him, he, became, he began his earthly ministry. And the devil knew that this is my last chance to stop him. Could it be possible, children of God, that the attacks and the voices of the enemy that he's been speaking to you through people, through places, through things, through family members, like I said, family members, because sometimes the family members are the ones that can push your buttons because they know every button you got, so God will use whoever lets them. They don't mean no harm, but the devil will use whoever lets him. Could it be possible? That the, that the reason the devil is whispered in your ear, because he knows that if faith comes by hearing, so does doubt, so does fear, so does unbelief, so does anxiety. He said, if I can say the right thing at the right moment, notice he came to Jesus when his flesh was weak. You imagine fasting 40 days. I ate breakfast this morning, probably about five o'clock this morning. I'm hungry now. Could you imagine 40 days having not eaten anything? Y'all understand, the devil is just like Al-Qaeda, just like ISIS. They ain't got to be right all the time. They're patient. They're waiting for us to let our defenses down. And they got a plan. As soon as they get right here at this point, I'm going to strike and I'm going to get them. And you got to understand that the devil, just because you're having a good time and just because everything's going well, best believe the devil is waiting for your weak spot. So you don't know you're truly delivered until you've been to the test. If you've been, if you've been delivered from drinking, somebody gonna, the devil's going to wait till your weakest moment, until the pressure is on you, and somebody's going to conveniently come Come on, man, let's go out. You know, I think I will. If you've been having sex before marriage, say, God, I'm going to give myself over you. I'm going to get, Lord, I promise, Lord, forgive me for what I'm doing. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for allowing me to live, live a pure lifestyle. The devil will wait till you good and lonely and Ray Ray going to test you that you ain't heard from in years. Am I telling the truth? When we, when, we, when we like this, he comes when we like this, when we're feeble, when we're weak and when we're unexpected. And the devil came to Jesus at his weakest, at his weakest moment, and he didn't do anything. He talked. He questioned his authenticity. And I'm telling you, the devil, and, and is this striking the call with anybody? Because usually when the devil attacked me, he's attacking somebody else. Saying, you ain't really believing God. Look at all the people you prayed for and look at what's happening to you. 
You've been speaking this stuff over your body. You've been speaking this stuff over your children. And look, look, look. It's your weakest moment. He's trying to get, he's trying to get you to change the confession. But notice what Jesus said. His response every time, it is written. Meaning that he was so full of the word. He didn't, he didn't sleep. He didn't sleep by the Bible. And hope that osmosis get in, get in, by osmosis, the work going to get in him. He knew the word so much that his response came out of word. It didn't come out of emotions. It didn't come out of hunger. It didn't, get, it didn't come out of longing. It didn't come out of a frustration. Tell, tell somebody he responded with the word. And today, I just want to fo- focus on two things. You may say, well, well, Pastor, what does that have to do with being on? See, the devil's goal is to tell us everything that we're not. See, y'all understand, by him saying, if you be the son of God, if you flip it, he was really saying that you're not. And the devil has been coming to us through people, through places, through things, and literally even himself telling us that you're not this. You're not good enough. You're not strong enough. You're the wrong color. If, you know, nobody, in, nobody in this field has ever done this and been a woman. Nobody in this field has ever done this and been a man. You're unqualified. You're inadequate. You're not enough. That's what the day God said. Look, in your weakness, I am made strong. So today, we're going to stop being in denial. You know what, devil? You may be true. I'm not this. But the minute that I acknowledge, somebody say acknowledge. The minute that I acknowledge what I'm not, I then create space for his grace to become. That means, God, you know what? There was no good thing that dwells in my flesh. I am nothing but my righteousness, nothing but filthy rats. I can do nothing outside of you. I need you to do what you called me to do. And so we're going to focus the next couple of weeks on the topic of un. I know it sounds crazy, y'all. But tell somebody un. Un is a prefix that you put in front of something that negates the, the, the thing that follows. If you are unfriendly, that means you mean as a snake. <laughs> right? If you're uncouth, that means you have me crazy. <laughs> Amen? Somebody say un. Well, we are going to uncover some of the uns that the enemy has been speaking into our lives. And I'm going to, if if I'm a good orator, if I am a good preacher, my intention is to convince you that your weakness is really potential strength that has not been uncovered yet. When we acknowledge what we're not, y'all tell somebody, make room. We are creating space for God to fill with his grace. Amen. Are you ready? Amen. Real quick, real quick. The first one is, I am unqualified. (laughs) Tell somebody I'm unqualified. See, that's the first thing the devil will tell us. It's one of the things he told me. He said, man, you ain't qualified to do this. You can't handle this. What God has taken you, man, you, can, you can't handle it. Look, look, your body breaking down already. You can't handle this. And the devil will tell us that you are unqualified. That dream that God placed in your heart, that vision that God gave you, 
Who you think you are to think you're going to accomplish that? Who do you think you are that, you know, pe- people people got to have money. People got to have connections. You're not corrected with the right people. And you don't come from the right side of the track. Somebody say unqualified. But I want you to tell, I want to tell you this. He you know what? And I said, you know what, devil, I am. You're right. I ain't qualified a bit more than a man on the moon. But God uses unqualified, broken tools. You ever, use, you ever try to use, use a, 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 a shovel that's been, that's been bent up because it's been hitting, been hitting, the, uh, hitting the sidewalk? You can't even dig good. Well, God uses broken and deformed tools to build his kingdom. So if, if you are messed up, if you are twisted, if you are contorted, if you are a little out of alignment, God says you are just right for me to build my kingdom through. Tell somebody he's talking to me. See, the enemy would accuse us and say, you've got too many flaws. Your past is too messed up. Had children out of wedlock. Used to be on drugs. Used to smoke crack. Used to be the town hall. Everybody know your business. But do you not know that those are just the kind of people that God uses to get the most glory out of? Somebody shout in the atmosphere, unqualified. You know, even Jesus was a stone that the builders rejected. <laughs> and Peter said, now the, the stone that the builder has rejected has become the chief cornerstone. So we follow, we are nothing but a band of rejects. We are a band of people that don't fit the norm, that don't follow the crowd, that go against the grain. Tell somebody, unqualified. Yeah. That's fine, devil. You can call me all you want to. I admit it. I am unqualified. I ain't got the pedigree. I ain't got the. I ain't got the, all the letters behind my name. But nevertheless, I am in the right position for God to use me. And guess what? That's gonna give God all the more glory because I don't fit the mold. Throughout the Bible, God has used people who have flaws. You don't believe me? Listen to this. Noah was a drunk. Abraham was too old to bear children. Jacob was a liar. Leah was cross-eyed and ugly. Joseph was abused and abandoned. Moses had a stuttering problem. Samson was a womanizer. Rahab was a prostitute. Good God. David was an adulterer and a murderer. Jonah ran from God when he told him to go another way. Job went bankrupt. And John the Baptist ate bugs. Somebody yell in the atmosphere, unqualified. Now, if God can use this band of crazy people, what about what you've been through? 
Mary. My, 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 uh, my, my, uh, my, my reputation is all out in the neighborhood. And I've done all this and I've done all that, God. And people ain't going to listen to me when you tell me. God said that is the right opportunity. Because when they say if God can save her, if God can turn his life around. If God, he said, I knew. I knew what you used to do out there in the street. I knew, that, I knew how many bands you used to sleep around in. If God can use you, God can use anybody. Somebody with your, with your past, daddy was never in your life. Mama drank, had women in, had women, sometimes women and men. All the things you see. Some people, the, the devil would say, you're unqualified because you've been divorced. You're unqualified because you were molested. You're unqualified because you came to God and you came out here crying in tears and you turned your back on him. Somebody say unqualified. unqualified. But the word of God said, I do the justification. See, 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 Peter one time, God told, God, God told me, he said, I want you sit down and eat. He said, God, I can't eat this meat. I can't eat this pork because it is unclean. God said, don't you dare call unclean what I bless. And that's what the God is telling the devil. I don't care what you accuse them of. I have forgiven them. I have wiped their slate clean. And what you try to put on them, what you accuse them of, what you trick them. To get them out there and go do your bidding. God said, I am letting all things work together for the good of them who love the Lord. All because you know what? Because that woman, I don't care what they've done, I don't care how many times they turn their backs on me, they are called according to my purpose. And God said, I, God said I'm gonna use a divorce for my purpose, I'm gonna use the molestation for my purpose. I'm gonna for my purpose, I'm going to use all things and I'm putting them in a pot like a good gumbo and I'm going to stir it up and all things, good things and bad things, rich things and poor things, somebody say all things. God said, I use the unqualified. God said, I do the qualification. I do the justification. I am the one that does the promotion. I set up down another because I am God. I take counsel with nobody. I do my will. The world spins because I said so. And if you keep that mindset that no matter what I've been through, no matter what I've just done, if I come to God with a sincerity and I, and I say, God, please forgive me, set me on a path called straight, purge me with hyssop, make me whiter than snow, God say, I have thrown what you have done into the sea of forgiveness, never to be brought up again against you, even you bringing it up against yourself. See, that's the problem. When so many of us have received God's acceptance and God's forgiveness, but we haven't forgiven ourselves. Tell somebody beside and tell them, forgive yourself. 
YouTube, how could I be so stupid? How could I do this? How could I do this? Man, I let the devil sneak in. God said, you have to let that spirit of guilt and self-condemnation go. Take off the sackcloth and the ashes. Tell you this, when David's son had died because he had committed murder and adultery, God said, he said, I'm going to let this child die. And you know what David did? When they, when they came and told him, they didn't even have to tell him. He saw it on their faces and he began to mourn all because his child died. You know what, y'all? He had a period of mourning. He put sackcloth in the ashes. But after the period, when they said the child has died, he, he, he took the sackcloth and the ashes off. He went and took a shower. And the word of God said after that, he he went to the temple and worshiped. Meaning, I have accepted the decision of the Lord, but that does not mean that I'm going to stop worshiping him. That does not mean I am turning my back on God. That does not mean just because I've done wrong, I'm going to stay on the path, go wrong. Now, that's about the stupidest thing I've ever heard. God said, I have made a way for you to come back in the race said this simply he said if you are simply willing to get up tell somebody get up you gotta get up yeah you're unqualified yeah you have you may have messed up but God said it is time for you to get up and go to my house and come and receive my grace and get and get to doing what I have called you to do somebody say unqualified but here's the thing y'all I want you to write this down, those that are taking notes. It is time for us to start, start to make friends with our failure. Tell somebody, make friends with your failure. Here's what I mean by it. When we make friends with our failure, when, when, when we make friends with our failure, we literally are saying, there is something I can learn from you. See, so many times when we get up, we, we, we try to avoid. We try to avoid those things because of how they make us feel. Well, God said, this is not about, this is not about being emotional. Do y'all hear me? This is not about being emotional. It is about placing ourselves in the position so that we can move forward. And yes, you may be unqualified. Maybe you did let God down. Maybe you did let other people down. But God said it is time to make friends with failure. This is what I mean by it. The only way to never fail is to never try. And I've never seen so many saints of God who are afraid to fail. So therefore, they are afraid to try. Because it's safe. If I never try, if I never step out, if I never do anything, if I never take a risk, I can never fail. If I never, if I never declare something that, God, I believe you for this, I believe you for that, then you can never not do it, so therefore I can never be disappointed. I hope I'm not talking in real. Does y'all understand what I'm saying? And God is saying, no, you have to make friends with failure. That means do this. So many times I talk to people all the time and counseling with people. They, they say, well, pastor, this happened and I feel so bad about it. I say, okay, that's fine. I'm glad you feel bad about it because if you don't feel bad about what you did, that means you're reprobate, meaning you're really in trouble. But we have to do assessment. Somebody say assessment. We have to do assessment that what led me to this place. Because like the old folks say, a turtle don't get on a post by itself. 
are some steps that led to that thing happening. So if you fell away from God, I guarantee you, if you look through, you'll find the spot where your heart start turning away from him. You'll find the spot where you let somebody else's ear, somebody else's voice get in your ear to battle, to combat what God said. Tell somebody, you know the spot. But we must do uh, we must do proper assessment. See, and that's the danger when we have exciting church where God comes and delivers and the, and the minister will lay hands on you and you'll fall out in the floor, whether it's real or whether you feel like you got to and you get up and you have an emotional experience, you think it's over. Oh, contraire, my friend. We got to do, we have to do assessment. Somebody say assessment. You got to do some assessment. Because the devil didn't come and just take you over. He ain't that big enough. He ain't that bad to come and take us over. At some point, we walked out of the safety. Has anybody ever been there where you can look back? The only reason the devil got a hold of me is because I stepped out from under the ark of safety. Amen? Whether I let him in or I walked out willingly. And he said, and God is saying this, that we have to make friends with failure. Meaning, we need to sit down and have some conversation. Let's have some coffee. Let's do some assessment. How did I get here? Who did I let speak into my ear to get into my spirit? Or maybe it didn't. Maybe I went out and sought something because I had an ancient spirit. And because I said, God, you're taking too long, so I, I'm, I'm going to have to go over here and do this. God said, do some assessments. He said, because when you learn from your failures, you won't repeat them. I got, I got this right here. Look, look. It said, it, this is right here. He says, I have missed over 9,000 shots in my career. I have, I, I have lost almost 300 games. On 26 occasions, I have been entrusted to take the game-winning shot, and I missed them. I have failed over and over and over again in my life, and that is why I succeed. That was a statement of Michael Jordan. You see, everybody remembers the game-winning shot, the one where he pushed your boy out of the way that they should have called a foul on, and he did like that. Everybody remembers the pose. Everybody remember him flying through the air. But what he's saying, he remembers every time that he failed more fresher than he did every time that he was triumphant. So he lost over 300 games. He was entrusted with the game winning shot 26 times and he didn't hit it. He said, because I failed over and over again, that's the reason I succeed. So God is saying, don't run away from your failures. Make friends with them. Learn from them. Study what happened. And say, thank you for teaching me that. Now, I will never see you again. I'm never going to see you again because I've learned everything. I've gleaned everything I need to glean from you. And I am never going to see you again. Go on to somebody else's address because I've learned from you. See, nothing's wrong with a mistake as long as you learn from it, y'all. To every life, somebody's, some rain is going to fall. Amen? Amen? The last one before we go, I'm going to leave with you, is unashamed. Tell somebody, I am unashamed. Unashamed mean this, y'all. Freedom from the fear of the opinions or the rejection of others. 
See, so many times when we've disappointed God and we've went away from him, the devil will put a spirit of shame on us. That I can't come around there no more because people going to talk about me. Or if I step out there and do this, they're going to remember me when. Well, God said we have to get rid of that spirit of shame. The first thing we have to not be ashamed of is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Romans 1 and 16 says this. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and then also to the Greek. Let me tell you something. There are some bad, and I mean some dirt, poor, pitiful examples of Christians out here in the world. Am I telling the truth? Lord, especially them workplace Christians. Good Lord, have mercy. The people that got the biggest fish on the back of their car is usually the biggest gossiping devil you ever want to hear. Don't you be quiet. Don't tell nobody you, you, you know Christian. You make it bad for all of us. But God is saying, he said, we can't be ashamed in this era where everybody is trying to defame, trying to corner us off and make us think we're crazy. Because we believe that one man ought to be with one, with, with one woman. They're trying to make us think that we're crazy. Because we believe that I don't have to play the lottery to be blessed. They, they call us crazy. That no, my son and my, my son and my daughter ain't gonna have their girlfriend and boyfriend up in their room with the door closed. The devil is a big slew foot liar. Oh girl, you'd rather they be doing it in your house. Don't, are you crazy? That you know, that you know, that it's okay. We gonna sack up because I want to test drive it first before you know. We got we got to test drive to see how this thing work out before we make a lifelong commitment. And it sounds good and honorable. See, the word of God said there is a way that seems right to a man, but at the end of that way is destruction. It seems practical. Hey, you know, I test drive cars. We need to test drive to see if we're compatible. No, no, no. The word of God. First of all, you don't. At, at a certain age, ain't no, ain't no point us dating unless unless you are unless you are husband or wife potential. As, at some age, what's the point? Come on now. But if but if that's the case, no, we are not test driving anything. No, we're going to trust in the Lord for the Lord to bless us, and we are going to submit to some counseling, and we're going to find out some things. We're going to be open and honest. See, here's the thing: because the truth of the matter is, see, I've known people that sacked up together, and when they get, and when they start, when they got married, the mask came off even more, and then the real person showed up. So, I mean, so, so it's, it's no use doing it. But God said, God said, we cannot be ashamed of this gospel, y'all. The devil wants us to hide it under a bushel because, because it's not popular anymore. But the word of God said, we cannot be ashamed. Tell somebody, I will not be ashamed. And the last thing right here before we go, Isaiah 54. Brother Kareem, you can go ahead and play me out, sir. Isaiah 54 and 4. This is the New Living Translation. It says this. It says, fear not. You will no longer live in shame. Hallelujah. He said, don't be afraid. There is no more disgrace for you. 
Then it says this, you will no longer remember the shame of your youth, nor the sorrows of your widowhood. Everybody's standing. We got some more uns that we're going to talk about the next couple weeks, so we want you to come. But today, God said, I want you to deal with people's internal. Because how many know that as a man thinketh, so is he? And if you think, if you're constantly thinking that you're not worthy and you're unqualified and you don't fit the bill and you don't fit the mold, you will never, you will never attain what God has called you to do. And if you walk around with a spirit of shame of who you are and what happened to you and what people did, you see, some, some people are wearing other people's shame. Had nothing to do with you. But you're wearing the coat of other people's shame. Things that your mama did. Things that you that people that you may not even met, a spirit of shame has come down the line. And God says right here in Isaiah 54, he said, there's no point in fearing anymore. You will no longer live in shame. Can you lift your hands as I read this scripture and receive this? Say, fear not. Say, I will no longer live in shame. Say, I will not be afraid. Say, there is no more disgrace for me. Say, I will no longer remember the shame of my youth, nor the sorrows of my widowhood. Now, widowhood is representative of, of abandonment. And there are people's in, people in this room that have been abandoned. People in this room, I mean, you still may be living with a person and they've checked out. Their body is here, but their mind and their hearts are far from them. And so, if you've had a problem of feeling inadequate or unqualified, or if you've had a problem of shame. Can you come down to the altar? I want to pray with you real quick. It doesn't mean that you're in sin. It means that you're human. It means that, the, you know what? The fact that the devil is attacking you with it means that that is a space in the area that God desires to use you. I want you to start understanding, people of God, that the devil only attacks things that have value, that have worth, and are a threat to him. Tell somebody beside you, tell, tell somebody, I'm a threat to the devil. Come on, come on, come on. Faith, come by here and you got to hear yourself. Tell somebody, I'm a threat to him. Darling, you a threat to him. You too. You, 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 you. Come on, tell somebody again. Say, I'm a threat to him. Look. He's peeked into your future and what you can become threatens him. He said, so I've got to put a spirit of shame over them. I've got to give them
them an inferiority complex. Because as a man thinketh, so is he. So if I can get you to doubt the way you think about yourself, you will never accept the full grace that God has to see. It's all about grace. See, the devil don't care about you being saved. Let, let, let's, let's get this quote. Let's get, he's got millions and millions of people that he's already taken to hell, and there are millions and more that he's got in his, in, his, in his tent already. So he doesn't care about you. He does not care about you. He does not care about losing you. His next goal is, I want to get in their minds. If I can sow the seeds in their minds that they are no longer worthy, that they can never mess her up, that they can never live the life of such and such and such, and missionary such and such, when the fact of the matter is, if you can sit down with sister such and such, she would tell you a tale that I wasn't always wearing white. I wasn't always standing on a bar. I, I was, look, look, sin and the devil chased me in the house of God. Saints, lift your hands, say that you lived, you lived your life for the devil real good. You were just like a robot. Whatever he told you to do, you did it and you multiplied whatever you told him to do. But guess what, y'all? We're sin abounds. Grace has to multiply that much more. So let me tell you, the fact that you heard this word today and you pulled on the word and you were willing to be honest, so you know what? I am unqualified. Tell somebody besides you, I'm going to say, I'll tell them I'm unqualified. I ain't fit. I ain't ready. And you know, if you look at my resume, people would laugh at me when I, when, if I told people what's in my heart and what God is going to use me to do, people would laugh at me. But tell somebody, but God. God looks past all that trash and he sees the treasure in you. He sees the treasure in you. Tell somebody he sees the treasure in you. Come on, lift your hands. Father God, it's in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for these honest soldiers of the kingdom, God, who come down and say, God, the, the word touched me at a level and I have an inferiority complex. On some levels, I feel like I'm unqualified. I believe, I believe that you called me to this great work that you called me to, but God, I don't see why you're using me. I've done too much wrong. I've done too much. I've seen too much. I've turned my back on you too much. I've disappointed you and my mama and my grandmama so many times. God, how could you use a sinner like me? I hear the Lord saying, why not use you? I read the list of people to you. God said, why not you? See, see, I, see God, God let me hear some of y'all prayers. God, why me? Why you choose me? Why don't you just let me be saved? Why did you put this burning vision? Why did you give me that vision to do this and to start this business and pursue this area of study? Lord, why? 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 And God hear God saying, why not? God said, I've chosen you. See, you ain't got nothing to do this. You ain't got nothing to do with this. You thought you chose me, but God said, I chose you from the foundation of the world. God, we thank you, Lord, for every person, not only those that are at the altar, but those that are in this building, God, that have a, a complex, a self-complex of doubt. They see themselves as a grasshopper. They see themselves as unfit, unwilling, too used up to be used any further by you. But today, God, we pray over them and we declare by the blood of Jesus, your blood renews and makes clean and makes perfect 
We're unqualified. Not fit to be used by anybody. But you. So God, we receive your validation. Some of us has been seeking to be validated by men. Some of us have been seeking a man's approval all because daddy rejected us. We've been seeking approval of people and we're scared to step out because people have rejected us. People we looked up to turned their backs on us and rejected who we are. And rather than be hurt again, I will lock my ambition. I will lock my hope up in the box. But God said today, I want you to take that hope. I want you to take that dream. I want you to take that vision. Take it off the shelf. And God said, breathe into it again. God said, I never gave up on you. God said, I never gave up on you. God said, I never gave up. Thank you for tuning in today with Fellowship Church. We pray that you were blessed by the message, and we would like to connect with you through our website, fellowshipws.org, or facebook.com slash at the fellowship. If you are ever in the greater triad area, we would love for you to be our VIP for weekend worship experience on Sundays at 1030 a.m. On behalf of Pastor Tony and the Fellowship family, thank you again for joining us. And remember to love God, love people, and impact the world.